my first guest, uh, Pro- Professor William Stafford. He is the, he was the principal researcher, Council for Scientific and Industrial Research, and he's also an extraordinary associate professor with Stellenbosch University's Department of Industrial Engineering. Good evening, Prof. Hello, good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining me at this rather late hour on a Sunday night. Um, so let's not keep our listeners in suspense for too much longer. What was rated the best bag of the bunch and why? Well, I guess the bottom line is that the best bag is the reusable types. So right. the best bag is probably one of the bags you have now because, of course, even some of the single-use bags could be reused several times. But um, across a whole range of different uh, environmental, social, and economic impact categories, all the reusable bags substantially outperform the single-use options. And that includes the new bioplastics as well as, of course, the paper alternative. Okay. So how was that information received? Have you, have you, was there some pushback from some quarters? Uh, were your, was your methodology questioned? or you know, what, How did it land? So we adopted quite a rigorous methodology. It's basically called life cycle sustainability assessment. So it provides an equal footing to compare different products across the life cycle. So it includes the extraction of raw materials, the actual manufacturing, the transportation, the end use and disposal of those different products. So it's a rigorous assessment framework and there's a lot of data for the environmental impacts. So we looked at a range of different environmental impact criteria. Mm-hmm. And then included additional ones, so additional socio-economic ones, such as um, jobs and affordability to the consumer. So generally, our findings were quite well um, received. There's some contentious issues, particularly in terms of localizing some of the studies to South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and some interesting findings, perhaps, uh, for the team. Uh, for example, one interesting finding was that um, our single-use plastics, our plastics, in South Africa, of course, are produced uh, from fossil fuels, like all plastics. Right. Um, but in South Africa, they produced um, by sasol as part of the coal-to-liquids process, and that's a very energy-intensive and polluting process. Hmm. So the end result is that our plastics, in fact, have a substantially higher greenhouse gas emission and emission of other pollutants compared to the same plastics produced elsewhere, just because we utilize this unique coal-to-liquids process, because we don't have substantial oil reserves. Oh, wow. So that's not good news for the South African landscape environmentally. But the one bag did stand out from the rest across <coughs> those 21 criteria. Um, would you like to, to let our listeners in on which one it was and why? So, um, as I mentioned, all the reusable bags <coughs> uh, perform best. Yeah. Um, of all the reusable types, we, we looked at a, a one-year time frame. So the newer, thicker 70-micron um, HDPE bag, so basically our standard um, plastic bag is a 25-micron, 25-micron thickness HDPE plastic bag. If you move to a sort of 75-micron, which is a lot more durable, yeah. and you utilize that over the course of your year, that would be the top performer in terms of the reusable plastic bag options. Okay. But of course, there are a whole range of other different um, reusable bag types. A lot of them pre- perform similarly well compared to the single-use options. Mm. You might have seen the polyester bags and the polypropylene ones with interesting patterns on it. Yes. So all those reusable bag types significantly outperform all the single-use options. 
But of course, it assumes that you are in fact going, going to, to reuse that them. bag yeah. for a, at least a year or perhaps sometimes less. And even the so-called single use, um, I mean, I remember covering the whole, I think it was 2013 when this the Department of Environmental Affairs brought in the the levy and and uh, decreed that the bag should be thicker. And the whole point of that was to attach value to the bag so that you could reuse it. And and especially as it well, it was thicker, so it enabled reusing. And of course, you were paying for it, so the idea was that um, you wouldn't discard it so easily. But in my experience, it hasn't really worked. And let's not get into the contentious issue of the levy right now. But mm. in the in in your study, you singled out um, you didn't name it, but we we have to name it the um, planet bag, which is sold by Shoprite. Did that edge its nose out for special mention because of the fact that it's sold for three rand and customers receive a fifty percent discount on their shopping every time they use that bag? Did that sort of put its nose ahead because of the affordability issue, or was there some other reason why that got a special mention? No, it wasn't really a special mention. It's just one of the examples. Oh, I see. Okay. Examples, if you like, of the thicker 75 micron HPPE right. bag. So they're one of the first adopters, uh, one would say. And those thicker bags perform you know, better than the single-use ones across a whole range of different criteria. Of Assuming, of course, you do reuse it for that year, and that thicker 75 micron bag does in fact last, last that duration. Now, speaking of lasting, how did the paper bag... Do um, well. There's the there's the how many uses you can get out of it, but also in terms of environmentally, the ba- the paper bag um, didn't do very well at all. In fact, it was rated rated worst of all sixteen bags in terms of land use and quite far down in terms of water use as well. Was exactly. That, so yeah, that's quite a contentious issue, and we maybe have to rethink and localize some of that. Uh, those results to the South African context. But basically, the the cultivation and harvesting of trees to make paper is very land-intensive and also water-intensive. Mm-hmm. Um, the flip side or the positive side to that, in fact, is that it generates a lot of jobs. So more jobs are generated in the paper bag value chain than any of the other bag okay. types. But uh, as I mentioned from several environmental criteria, namely land use, footprint, and, and water use, which performs more poorly. Yeah. Also, also perhaps noteworthy, um, and it depends on our waste management systems, is that when that bag is disposed of, uh, a portion of it goes to landfill. And in most of our landfills, we don't harvest the methane. So what happens to that paper bag is it decomposes yeah. and emits methane, a potent greenhouse gas. <laughs> Um, and therefore performs quite badly right. compared to a plastic bag, which actually goes to the landfill and more or less sits there quite inert. It'll take a few hundred years for it to start to decompose and sort of infiltrate the water table. But wow. it won't have those kind of short-term greenhouse gas emission effects like the paper bag. Wow, that, I just learned something that is fascinating. I think it's something that would come as, as new, new news to quite a few people listening. And then... The biodegradable. I know a lot of consumers assume that that's the better. We just get this lovely mind picture of this plastic or whatever just sort of poof disappearing over time and solving the problem. What did your study reveal about about uh, biodegradable bags? Well, in fact, in the whole assessment framework, so that in, in the assessment uh, framework for environmental impacts, 
actual marine and material pollution is quite poorly understood. So it's only relatively recently that we're gathering information and data to really understand the marine impacts of pollution, how they're affecting our food supply systems and causing the morbidity and mortality of a whole range of animals, marine life. So that's a significant research gap. Um, And obviously that's what consumers are very concerned about. So when we compare the biodegradable, whether it's paper or the new bioplastics to the conventional plastics, there's obviously a significant difference. So just looking at the data, one can see that, you know, the biodegradable paper or the bioplastics typically break down in months, maybe years, whereas conventional plastics will be breaking down in hundreds, maybe even thousands of years. So in that sense, you know, there's a big benefit in, in, in the sense of using biodegradables and their impact on the natural environment. But what was maybe quite uh, surprising from the research, mm-hmm. uh, a surprising finding, was that because of our huge consumption, basically because people are on average utilizing one disposable shopping bag every week and disposing of it, mm. whereas the actual breakdown of those materials, even if they're biodegradable paper, is going to take months or years, um, all the materials, in fact, even the biodegradable ones, are going to accumulate and pollute, in fact, the natural environment. So the big aspect is, in fact, our consumption, our consumption of materials, which vastly exceeds the natural environment's ability to, to assimilate and degrade that. Mm. Break it down, yeah. And then there's also the issue of the fact that um, most of the biodegradable, biodegradable plastic bags, anyway, are made from a combination of imported um, substances, um, starch and PBAT, um, which... Did that have a factor on sort of when in, when you were assessing the carbon footprint or over, overall um, environmental friendliness, for want of a better word, of of each bag? The fact that the whether sure. this, yeah. So so we did in fact um, compare bioplastics um, manufactured overseas, which is currently the case. We don't have a significant bioplastics manufacturing capability in South Africa yet. Um, to the possibility of localizing them and producing them in South Africa from our own raw materials and feedstocks. As I mentioned, some of those biodegradable plastics, of course, use feedstocks which come out of fossil fuels. In fact, they're not totally bio-based, some of them. And that means that in South Africa, some of them may incur a higher footprint if made locally. So in some cases, it might be better to import a plastic or a plastic polymer and to actually produce the, the plastic or the bioplastic in South Africa. Surprisingly, often that huge transportation, which people think will make a, you know, a big significant difference, whether it's moving a product or perhaps um, moving a biofuel, you know, trans-oceanic between different countries, it actually incurs a relatively small greenhouse gas footprint. So in many cases, we really need to think about um, the, the outcomes or the impacts that we actually want and not so much whether or not it should be localized and produced in South Africa. We want the best benefits for, for our country in terms of overall. sustainable development mm. overall, exactly. Mm. So the bottom line is when it comes to grocery carrier bags, anyway, plastic is actually quite fantastic when you analyze it in the way that, that, that your team did. 
if it's, uh, you know, plastic is a fantastically durable material, and if it's used appropriately for products um, which are durable and last, then it is fitting, and obviously it incurs relatively little environmental impacts. I think the problem comes is that it's when it's utilized inappropriately, and that's often single use, you know, yeah. a relatively short lifetime before it's disposed of. And so really the take-home message is about reducing material consumption. Okay, so let's talk a little bit practically about what kind of bags you're talking about um, when you say plastic bags that obviously are intended to be used many, many times in the, over years, one year or more. So we've got the and – did, and did any stand out in particular? So you've got the, um, the polyester and pro- – polypropylene bags, um, woven and non-woven. I don't know if our listeners are getting a mind picture. I know I had to interrogate one of your colleagues <laughs> prof, to find out what, what that actually meant. So the woven ones are the ones you find at a Woolies or a spa, which fo- fold up to pocket size. I've discovered those, and I have three in my handbag um, almost at any given time, unless I switch bags and forget to cart them over. And that does me for every shop. I find those the best. Maybe I should ask you. <laughs> Which do you use as a as a as a um, a grocery a carrier bag? Which do you find? Uh, yeah. I have several reusables, and of course, there are other aspects of which you just highlighted, which are valuable for the consumer, which we don't necessarily um, include in our assessment. For example, those foldable pocket-sized ones, yeah. because the fact that you can fold them and put them in your pocket so light. Yeah. Um, are really convenient. Of course, they're smaller in size mm. than, than some of the other bags, so some people have complained that actually they don't often fit the purpose, and then you end up buying another. <laughs> That's why I ended up bag. with three. <laughs> But, but it really depends on the, the, the person. I mean, all those um, reusable bags, some of them have got significant added uh, social benefits. For example, the stitching or the manufacturers done in social, certain social development yeah. organizations or initiatives. Um, so there's numerous benefits, but the take-home message generally is that try to reuse your given bag as much as possible. Go for the durable reusable ones. And try to use them, uh, you know, as, as many times as possible, and avoid single use. So that's generally the take-home message, and it fits in with, you know, a whole initiative to move towards a circular economy and, and zero waste. Wonderful. Um, that's my question. My last question to you, Prof, was going to be: What should the main take-out of your study be for consumers? And I think you've just outlined that. For retailers, are you hoping they're going to take note and? Um, adjust their offerings um, accordingly? Have you had any feedback from them in particular? No, so I definitely think they can um, adjust. As I mentioned, the thicker HDPE bags um, can readily be made with our current technology and obviously they'll incur a higher higher levy and that'll be passed on to the consumer who will again hopefully value them more and, and reuse them more appropriately. So I think that's definitely going to be an easy transition and I think the study also pointed out that if, you know, if reusable, uh, sorry, if single-use bags are essential for whatever reason or, or, or are needed under certain circumstances, then they should either have a very high recycle content, mm. more than 50%, or be made from biodegradable bioplastics, these new materials. Excellent. And there has been a very... Um 
um, heartwarming shift in, the, in rece- recycled content, content rather. We've seen quite a few that have, or one in particular has a 100% recycled uh, plastic content in the bag, and I see they're all moving in that direction um, quite swiftly. So that's very encouraging. Um, thank I you. That's encouraging. I'd just yes. like to add, though, that you know, recycling um, is definitely something we need more of. And as I mentioned, if one is to use a single-use bag, one should go for one with high recycled content. But if one looks at the South African context, only about 19% of all plastics that are consumed and disposed of are in fact recycled. And so there's various reasons for that. But some of them are in fact that we're a mixture between the developed and the developing nation. Mm-hmm. And about a third of the population don't have you know, regular weekly municipal services in terms of waste collection. So they make their own plan. And about another third of our waste you know, services are quite poorly managed and not compliant with legislation. So it's only about a third of our wastes which are actually managed appropriately according to legislation. And those wastes, of course, go to landfill, takes up valuable landfill space. Or lands up know, in the oceans, which is what we don't want. Yeah. And slowly leaches into, yeah. the, into the oceans, yes. Yeah. Well, we've got a long way to go. Um, Our next guest is going to talk about a section of uh, a type of plastic that's probably the best recycled, and that's the PET, um, and uh, shed some more light on this issue. Prof. William Stafford, thank you so much for your time. Principal researcher with the CSRI. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good evening. Bye-bye.